Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. After we pray, we'll begin. Our Heavenly Father, we've come before your presence to study your Word together. As we do, we open our hearts to the teaching ministry of the Holy Ghost, who we believe is among us and in us to teach us, to lead us, and to guide us into all truth, and to enlarge our capacity to receive revelation, knowledge, wisdom, understanding, and ability of all those things that pertain to life and godliness. We believe, dear Father God, that we'll be quickened by your Spirit, and the Word will be alive in us. I personally thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost and making my tongue as the pen of a ready writer. Thank you for thinking through my thoughts and speaking through my lips, dear Father God, the word that will make men free. We'll give you all the glory and honor for all that's accomplished in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. What I'd like to do is talk about preparing ourselves to, first of all, be healed or have others be healed. It's important to understand that when it comes to the healing power of God, there's really different aspects of it that we need to explore. First and foremost, we can understand that in a group setting such as this, there is what is called the corporate anointing. The collective or corporate anointing of God that can be made available to the people so that they can be delivered and set free more easily. And there's also the individual preparation that needs to take place. In other words, the individual should prepare him or herself in order to receive healing from the Lord. Well, first of all, I'd like to look at the corporate aspect of it so that we all can join ourselves together, unite ourselves together, and believe God for great and mighty things. Although you may not be the one laying hands on somebody or calling out a spiritual gift or something like that for someone to be delivered and set free, you do have a vital part to play in bringing deliverance to God's people. Amen? Amen. We believe that. We all have a vital part to play in it. And if we'll all unite together and join ourselves together, I believe we can create within this place a greater collective corporate anointing of God that will make it that much easier for people to be delivered and set free. Amen. In Acts chapter 4, beginning at verse 9, you know the story here. Peter and John went into the temple, the ninth hour being our prayer. And they saw this lame man at the gate of the temple called Beautiful about, as they're about to enter in, begging alms. Peter fasting, he says, eyes on him, but John said, look on us, or behold, you know, look at us. He gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, as he always does, so boldly, silver and gold have I none. My wife has the checkbook. My daughter has the bank account. Book. So silver and gold have I none. She made me give her my paycheck. <laughs> Didn't he say that? Okay. He said, silver and gold have I not. But such as I have, give I thee. Well, what did he have? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Now, that's Acts 3, verses 1 through something. Right? 1 through something. 6. That's good enough. 
Well, that's what took place. And as a result of the miracle that took place, Peter and John were taken into question. The religious folk didn't like the idea that God's power is manifest and somebody got delivered and set free in the name of Jesus. Oh, you can do all you want religiously. Just don't preach the name of Jesus to bring deliverance and healing to people. Because when you do, then they start getting their dander up. They get upset with you. And so they were upset and said, now, don't you teach or preach anymore in this name? That's what they said. Do you believe they dare say something like that? And Peter said, well, should we believe you? Listen to you? Or should we listen to God? We should listen to God, not to you. And if you're questioning us as to how this man was delivered and set free, let it be known unto all of you. It was by the name of the Lord Jesus through faith in his name that this man stands before you healed. Whom you know and whom you see. They knew this fellow was there every day begging alms. They probably got tired of looking at him. (laughs) Wouldn't you think? Put that cup away. They probably got tired of looking at him. You know, didn't think much of him. Threw him a coin every now and then. Not concerned about him. But I'll tell you what, he got something a whole lot better than a coin that day. Didn't he? And they couldn't deny that a mighty work was done, could they? They saw with their own eyes that there's still power in the name of Jesus. Now, you have to understand, they just crucified the Lord, didn't they? And they thought they put him to rest, didn't they? And they thought all these miracles had stopped, didn't they? But you see, all of a sudden, they've created more people that believe like Jesus. And more works are being done. Didn't Jesus say, the works I do shall you do also and greater shall you do because I'm going to the Father? Absolutely. And so they did that very work. This man was healed, delivered, and set free, went walking into the temple. They couldn't deny it. They said they couldn't deny it. And so what they wanted to do was stop it. They couldn't stop it by killing Jesus. What they wanted to tell them to stop preaching and teaching in this name because these miracles are being done. And of course, they said, we're just going to believe God and obey him rather than you. But you see, after they got done saying that, they let them go because they couldn't find them guilty of anything. Then they began to pray this prayer over here in Acts 4. And I think the prayer starts somewhere in verse 23. Being let go, they reported their own company, told all that the people had said unto them. They lifted up their heart to God, one accord, and said, Lord, thou God made the heavens and the earth and seen all that in them is. Who by the mouth of thy servant David said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings there stood up together against the Lord, against his Christ, of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, to do whatever the hand counsel determined for to be done. Now, Lord, behold their threatenings in verse 29. Is that what it says? Behold their threatenings. That's what it says. Now, Lord, behold their threatenings. They're threatening us. Amen? See, people will threaten you. People will tell you, don't do it. People will tell you, be silent. They'll silence you. They'll want you to stop talking about the power that's in that name. Oh, you can talk about how good he is. How sweet he is. But don't dare say he can do a miracle. I mean, how many of our denominations today believe that all miracles died with the apostles? I've got news for them. Our God's still alive. The God of miracles has not died. He's still living. He's the living God. Behold their threatening and grant unto thy servants with all boldness we may preach thy word or speak thy word. How by stretching forth thine hand to heal... And that signs and wonders may be wrought by the name of the Holy Child, Jesus. And after they had prayed, you talk about a prayer answered. 
The place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spake the word of God with boldness. That is a prayer meeting. Amen. That's what it says. Right there in verse 31. After they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. But I want you to notice what they prayed. Because that's what we've got to pray. See, there is power when people unite together in prayer. Can you see that? When they had prayed, the place was shaken. Where they were assembled together. There is power in united prayer. And collectively or corporately, if we'll unite ourselves together, believing God to stretch forth His handy heel so that signs and wonders may be wrought by the name of the Holy Child Jesus, then God is going to honor that request. He is going to answer that prayer. And He is going to manifest Himself just as He did there. Wouldn't that be nice if we had a place shaken together meeting? (laughs) Place shaken where they gathered together meeting. We should expect that. Where are you going? We're going to bring the house down. <laughs> That's where we're going. We have a meeting to go to. We're going to meet with Him. Well, who's Him? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. That's who we're going to meet with. And when we talk, praise God, He moves. And when He moves, we shake. Amen? <laughs> when He moves, it quakes. Because we serve a good God, a big God, a great God, a mighty God. A prayer answering God. If you get everybody to believe God will move by stretching forth His handy heel and signs and waters will be wrought, we'll make a highway for that to happen. See, we have to be specific in what we're asking God to do. I believe that together we can do that, don't you? And there'll be a greater collective anointing of God, corporate anointing, as we unite together. Also, we should pray that the faith of the people fail not. Collectively, this is what we can do to prepare for Sunday's healing services. Because, you see, the the healing process is the work of faith with power. Not just faith alone. Faith with power. Not just power alone. The power of the Lord can be present to heal, but healing will not take place unless faith is mixed with the power. See, I believe too often the, the Pentecostals and the Charismatics, they got hooked up with power and forgot about faith. Then the faith folk got hooked up with faith and forgot about power. Well, God's rearing up and raising up a new generation breed of people. Two that are bringing it together, bringing the two together, faith with power. Coming together, creating a dynamic, supernatural work of God. I believe that, beloved. It is the work of faith with power. We've had the power but not the faith. We've had the faith but not the power. But God's bringing it together, praise God. He's selecting those that will say, I want all of it. I want all of it. See, it's not enough just to get excited and jump around with the goosebumps and all that stuff and just, oh, glory to God, I feel it. <laughs> Did you ever see that happen? I want to do more than feel it, beloved. <laughs> I, want to, I want to heal it. <laughs> what about you? I want to deliver it. What about you? I want to receive it. I want to walk in it. I want to live in it. Praise God. I want it manifested. I want it producing results. What about you? Well, it takes faith with power. And so not only will we pray that God will stretch forth His hand to heal, and signs and wonders will be wrought, that the Spirit of God will manifest Himself in manifestations as the Father wills and pleases, 
but also that the faith of the people will not fail. You say, why should we pray that way? Because Jesus prayed that way and told Peter to pray that way. He said, Satan had desired you to sift you like wheat. But when you're converted and healed, he says, you go and tell the pray, you go and pray that the people's faith will not fail. That's what he wanted them to do. Pray that their faith fail not. And if Jesus told Peter to pray that their faith fail not, how much more should we also pray that those who come to receive from him, their faith will not fail. Their faith will make connection with that power. You talk about a live wire. Glory to God, cut the juice and turn me loose. That's what they'll say. They'll get electrified with the power of God. I've seen it happen. I've seen the power of God pick someone up off the floor. You think knocking them down is tough. Oh, those crazy fanatical people, you know, you go, they stand in line and then they just fall over like that. Wait till you see God pick him up off the ground. He did that to Ezekiel, didn't he? Picked him up off the ground. Well, I saw that happen. That was one of the first meetings I ever held in a public setting in a church. And in that place, I didn't know what to do. I think God likes us that way. <laughs> There have been times I walked through those doors and said, Now, Lord, what am I supposed to do here? There's about five, six hundred people here waiting for something to happen. And I haven't, I haven't any idea, any clue as to what I'm going to do when I step up on that platform. You ever been there before? I know I have. You say, Well, didn't you prepare? I had a message this long. This long. But by the time you get by the water fountain, said, Stop and change it. I do sweat quick. Sometimes, see, you thought it was just the hot lights up here sometimes when I'm wiping my brow, you know. Now, God says, change that message. But Lord, you could have given me more than 30 seconds. Where were we? (laughs) Amen. Amen. He'll do that to you. I said he'll do that to you. And you got to go with the flow. You got to do what the Lord said to do. You know, that's that's what you do. But I guarantee he'll, he'll, he'll bless it. And so there I was in that meeting, didn't know what to do. And I just said, well, since I'm done preaching, I preached, a seven, I preached so fast, I should have been arrested. <laughs> you thought I preached fast in Midland? You haven't seen anything yet. I wanted in, out, and back in the back pew without anybody seeing me. <laughs> because everybody brought their brother to this service. I didn't expect it. And so at the end of it all, I just said, well, if you have something that you want God to do for you, just come on up here. I thought you're supposed to do that. And this lady just knelt down on the floor, on the floor. And I walked over there, looked at her, and she looked up at me. I felt great being above her. <laughs> I was on the platform. She was on the floor. She was down on her knees. And I said, what do you want? And she says, I want God to do such and such for me. I said, okay. And I went down to reach her hand. And before I ever touched her fingers. See, it's not talking about someone says, this is fake and all that. You know, people just fall on their own. I tell you, I didn't even touch her fingers. And the power of God picked her up off her knees and set her back about three feet back. On her back. Up off her knees. Back over. I watched it. The lady next to her, I said, what do you want? (laughs) And she just looked at me with those cow eyes. 
Well, I just want a drink of water. Get out. <laughs> One thing you can't deny is the power of God. Couldn't deny the power of God. I was more shocked than she was. <laughs> to be honest and truthful about it. You know, but, but see, God will do things. See, people think it's wonderful to be in, in front. No, it's not. <laughs> I guarantee you, you don't want to hear any audible voice. You know, you don't want any of that stuff. I mean, I don't know where Elijah, Elijah came from. I want a double portion. That meant, that meant twice as much work. It did. But you see, the power of God was there, but it's not enough just to have the power. You've got to have faith to mix with that power to get any kind of a result. And so we're going to pray not only is God's power manifested, but also that the faith of the people will not fail. And also for those that will be in ministry, ministering, such as, let's say, myself, if I'll be ministering during that, you should pray that I would have utterance in the Holy Ghost. And boldness to proclaim the truth in an unhindered fashion. That's the most important thing for you to pray for me. That I would speak as the oracle of God and proclaim truth with accuracy and boldness. To penetrate and pierce the very hearts of the people. So that their faith would be quickened and they'd be enlightened. Because you see, beloved, that's what gets results. It's not the individual person. Remember, it's the Word and the Spirit coming together. So it's not enough just to shout, dance, and have all the hoopla and no results. It's not enough just to have the right confession of faith and no results. You've got to bring those two dynamic forces together and get results. And that's what we're looking for. So collectively and corporately, this is what we'll pray. That God will stretch forth His hand to heal and signs and wonders will be wrought by the name of the Holy Child Jesus. We're going to pray that the faith of the people will not fail. Amen. And that those that will be involved in ministry... We'll have utterance in the Holy Ghost and the anointing will be upon. I'm talking about the praisers and the musicians also because you see the anointing begins right here. And as we begin to to worship and praise him in spirit and in truth, that anointing increases there and comes out. It flows among the people. As a matter of fact, we prayed that way in our prayer time as we met, you know, preparing for services and everything. And as a result of that prayer, we I saw that answered. And, you know, sometimes it will happen this way. But we prayed that the anointing of God would actually come upon and rest upon individuals as we began to minister and worship God. And one fellow was in church and says, you know, I've been in church a few times here. But this one time I just sat down there and it was just, just as if something just came on top of me, hit me on top of my head and just went down my entire body. And I said, that's exactly what we prayed for, that the anointing would fall upon the people of God as they are out there, as we minister from this place. And beloved, when that begins to take place and everybody stays in tune and in unity, that corporate or collective anointing increases. And you see, if there's disruption out there in the congregation, you know, that can take away from the anointing and cause it to diminish. Because God's Spirit, believe me, is not going to just just, uh, stand for that. I mean, it's so important that when we uh, allow Him to minister, that we are very reverent in His presence. Amen. Because He's very sensitive to that. Okay, now, if you're an individual out there and you say, what do I do to prepare? See, that's corporate or collectively, but individually... You saw the result here collectively. God's power is manifested in a glorious way. But individually, make sure, number one, your heart is pure. Make sure your heart is pure. Free from any defilement, any impurity, any admixture of evil. Anything that would block the healing power of God. How many of you know that unforgiveness is not a good conductor of God's miracle working power? How many of you know that bitterness is not a good conductor of God's miracle working power? How many of you know doubt and unbelief is not a good conductor of God's miracle working power? Absolutely not. 
So you see, anything that would cause an impurity inside the heart, any bad wrong motive or anything like that, an attitude or whatever, we want to make certain that our spirit is clean and clear of all of that, any impurity. Because it's the pure in heart that are going to see God work. You want to see God work in your life? It's the pure in heart that's going to see God work. And so make certain that you take it upon yourself to do that. Secondly, not only make sure the heart is pure, make sure the heart is full. What do you mean by that? Well, look at Proverbs chapter 4. Make sure it's full of the Word and Spirit. That's what I mean. Make sure that you come Sunday, whether it's Sunday morning or Sunday evening, with a full heart. Filled spirit. You're filled with the Word, that's faith, and filled with the Spirit, that's power. Did you see that? When your heart is full of the Word, it's full of faith. When your heart is full of the Spirit, it's full of power. You have those two forces, those dynamic forces, coming together, ready to do a work. The supernatural and the natural coming together. Amen. You're the natural in the flesh, but the supernatural, by faith and power, will work to create a healing in your physical body or a deliverance in your life. In Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20, it says, My son, attend to my words. In other words, come having attended to God's word. How do I do that? Well, incline your ear to what he has to say. Eliminate from your thinking faculties anything anybody else has said about your condition. You don't deny reality, but eliminate it from dominating your thinking. Begin to think the word of God. Begin to say the word of God. Incline your ear In other words, lean your ear toward what God has to say and away from what man has to say or your body has to say. See, just stand tall like this here and then you can lean your ear this way or you can lean it that way. Incline it one way or the other. Whatever is negative, you don't want to incline your ear that way, do you? You want it to go the other way. What God has to say about it. And so no matter what anybody else says or what your body says, what we want to start saying is what God's word says about my condition. You don't deny reality, but as we said last Wednesday night, talking about calling things which be not as though they were, we start saying or calling ourselves what the Word says we are. Your body says you're sick, but the Word calls us whole. The report calls us sick, but the Word calls us whole. And so what we start saying is, I call myself healed in the name of Jesus. I call myself delivered in the name of Jesus. We start calling ourselves what the Word says. We incline our ear to what God says about our situation. Now let them not depart from thine eyes. In other words, keep the Word in the forefront of our minds. Let the Word sit right there on our thinking faculties. Let the Word stay there. We listen to what God has to say. We think about what God has to say. We meditate, in other words, what God has spoken or what God is saying. So that we can be filled with or full of the Word of God. Well, what will happen? Well, if we do that... It goes on to say, keep them in the midst of your heart. Then the word will sink down into your what? Your heart. Make sure your heart is what? Full. Filled with the word. And that's how you make sure. We incline our ear to what he says. We keep the word before our eyes. It slips down into, into to the heart. Inside our heart. And the heart is filled with or full of the word that has been spoken and written. And so now the word is inside us and it's alive. The result will be for they, that my words, are life to those that find them, 
and health or medicine or a healing agent to some of their flesh. Excuse me. Whew. Vicious. All of their flesh. Amen. Now, in connection with that, look at Romans 8.11. Number one, filled with the word. Number two, filled with power. Now, you're full of the word because you're inclining your ear to what God said. You're keeping the word before your mind. And the word is now inside your heart. And you're full of the word. In Romans 8.11, we have a secret revealed to us. Nothing new. It doesn't matter whether it's new or not. It's still genuine. It's still reality. It still works. Praise God. John 3.16 is never going to be new. Is it? Is it? God loves the world. That's all there is to it. It'll say that throughout eternity, won't it? Romans 8.11 will say the same thing throughout eternity. And it says, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall quicken your mortal body by His Spirit that dwells in you. Well, your spirit houses the Holy Spirit. Your spirit is your heart. And since the Holy Ghost is in you, tell Him, I want more than goosebumps. Tell Him. I read the word that said the Holy Ghost in me quickens my mortal body. And so, Spirit of the living God, as I pray in the Holy Ghost, I activate your ministry inside me. As I pray and worship in the Spirit, I believe that you are quickening my mortal body. So, how do we stay filled with the Spirit? How do we stay full of the Spirit? I am so glad you asked. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 5 tells us exactly how to stay filled with the Spirit. Amen. Ephesians 5. And beginning at verse 17, says, Wherefore be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk or intoxicated with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Your heart must be full or filled with the Word, filled with the Spirit. How? Speaking to yourselves. Speaking to yourselves. In psalms, in hymns, in spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, wait a minute. It's obvious then to me that if I'm going to come with a, with a filled spirit, with a full spirit, that is, with the Word and with the Spirit, I guess I'm going to have to come singing, not complaining. Amen. You ever think about that? Yeah. Not crying, but what? Rejoicing. But how can I rejoice over a situation that's negative? Well, here's the whole point once again. Stay full. Get full. Get filled. So that you activate both faith and power. And the two then will create the reality of your deliverance in your, in your mind or your body. And that's what God wants us to do. This tells us how to stay full. Now, Proverbs 4 told us how to stay filled with the Word. And over here, it tells, tells us how to stay filled with the Spirit. You put those two things together, once again, you have power. And faith. And that's the healing process. The two coming together. Well, if you make sure the heart is pure and make sure it's full, the last thing to do is make sure that it's prepared. Prepared for what? Well, 1 Timothy chapter 6 tells us exactly what. Anytime you 
attempt to experience anything from God, to receive anything from God, any form of healing or deliverance or whatever, any particular need met, you are going to be challenged. I am going to be challenged. And that's why Paul, writing to Timothy, said, fight the good fight of faith. In 1 Timothy 6.12 it says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. In other words, make sure your heart is prepared to fight the good fight of faith. Faith will always keep activated the power of God. But when the enemy gets in through discouragement, doubt, and unbelief, and wrong thoughts, then he'll try to short-circuit the power of God before the healing process is consummated. And so what we've got to do is resist the devil... So he flees from us. And when we talk about resisting the devil, we're not talking about some, you know, physical person that we can see. We're talking about invisible personalities that try to inject thoughts into our thinking faculties so as to get us distracted from the word of faith and the power of God. And so we want to stand against the thoughts that would come against us after we've been prayed for, saying... Obviously, you're not healed yet because look at your physical body. Obviously, you're not delivered yet because of the thoughts that are in your mind. Or because of the, the power that you're addicted to and the forces of it. Well, we want to learn to fight the good fight of faith and be prepared in heart, in spirit. Because we know no matter what it is that we attempt to receive from God, we'll be challenged. And so we'll stand strong in the Lord and in the power will resist the devil that is thoughts, images, anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, stand against it and bring it down so there's not a stronghold for the devil produced. And we'll speak faith. And we'll activate power. Satan will have to flee from us. And praise God, God's miracle working power will continue until it's consummated. That is, the healing process is consummated. So you put that all together, your heart is pure, your heart is full, and your heart is prepared to fight the good fight of faith. Amen? Amen. And then, victory is yours. Now, as far as something else that I believe we need to add to this, collectively and also individually, the highest expression of our faith toward God is without question, worship and praise. When we've been instructed to pray in faith and believe God for something, anywhere in the Bible, we're told to add to it the ingredient called thanksgiving. We are to thank God in advance before we ever see any result. It's like when the praises went out in the days of Jehoshaphat and Judah. And as they went before them God's, and worshiped God saying His good, His mercy endures forever. God's power was manifested and the enemy was destroyed. But the singing and the praising and the worship came before the manifested result. And so faith is arriving at a place of such belief. You know that you have received from God something that does not appear to your five physical senses. And you call your faith the sixth sense a sense that's above my five senses, my five physical senses. And you're so elated that you begin to worship God before you ever see it. Acting as if you already have it. 
Thank God I'm free. Thank God for His mercy endures forever. I call myself healed. I call myself free. I call myself whole in Jesus' name. And Father, I'm so excited. Reminds me of that lady that was sitting in a wheelchair. And the minister prayed for others by the anointing and through spiritual manifestations. Others arose out of their wheelchairs and began to walk by the Spirit. And that doesn't just happen all the time. It's as the Spirit wills. And they arose and walked. When he finally went over to the other individual, the anointing was gone and there was no spiritual manifestation. And he said, Sister, I'm sorry I can't minister to you under the anointing because it has lifted already. It's not here. And she was a little bit disappointed. You can imagine. But he said, Sister, I just want you to know that you're healed. And she said, What? He said, You're healed. And I can prove it to you by the Bible. Opened it up to 1 Peter 2.24 and read, By whose stripes you were healed. So sister, if God said you were healed in his word, what do you say? Well, she must have been a stickler for the word because she said, Well, if God says I'm healed, then I am. If God said I was, then I am. And she began saying I am. Now here's what she began to do. He just kind of backed off. You know when, when the light goes on, it's fun to watch in someone. It's exciting to watch when the light goes on in someone's heart and life. The light bulb went on. She got a hold of the word of faith and power. And as a result, she just shut him out. I like that. She shut the man of God out. Shut him right out. Shut herself in with God. And she started saying, oh, thank you, Lord. I'm healed. Thank you, Lord. I can walk again. Thank you, Lord. I can go around and do the dishes. I can clean the house. I can do all these different things again. I see myself whole. She just started to become excited about praising God because of what she could do now. She never took a step yet. But she just started praising God for all the things that she could do. He said, sister, you're right. Now rise up and walk. And she just walked up out of that wheelchair and just took off. All because of 1 Peter 2.24. Is there power in God's word? This is the word of his power. But I want you to see that she began to worship and praise God before she ever got out of the wheelchair. That's what faith is all about. Arriving at a place where you know you've received something from God. In spirit before you ever see it in, in, the, in the flesh, in the natural. And then you're so excited about it that the highest form of, 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 ex, of faith in its expression is praise. Thank you, Father. I'm healed. Thank you, Father. I am whole. I call myself healed. I call myself whole. Thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' name. See, worship, praise, and thanksgiving. Now, we can do that individually after we have been prayed for. But you know what? We can do that collectively. You realize that? And we can do it right now. And so I'm going to ask all of you right now to make your way to this altar. And we're going to thank God for, number one, stretching forth his handy heel in signs and wonders wrought by the name of the Holy Child Jesus. Amen. We're going to worship him as Jehovah Rapha, Amen. the Lord our healer, our great physician. We're going to thank him that the faith of the people will not fail, but will see them through. And they will make connection and contact with the power of God. And great shall be the signs and the results thereof. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father. I come to you just as I am. 
And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.